Hello everybody and welcome to episode 345 of the Ask the Coach show where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum and as always I'm joined by super coach Alois Rosario. Welcome Alois. Thank you Jeffrey and welcome to everyone out there. Absolutely. Now it's a big show. We've got lots of things planned for this um, Alois but before we get into it we must head to the most popular segment, Joke of the Week. <laughs> oh, you've got someone in to do it, have you? Well, no, I'm going to do it myself like I always do because people love my humour and it brightens their day and it's a good way to start the show. You know, get everyone into a nice positive mood, though sometimes it, it, they're probably laughing too much and it does distract them from the rest of the show. But anyway. Uh, got you too much, yes. Why did the Invisible Man turn down a job offer? I don't know, Jeff. Because he couldn't see himself performing the role. (laughs) Oh, yes. So good. That is funny. What would have been a better joke? Why Why did he turn down the gymnastics job offer? Why? Because he couldn't see himself in the role in the role gymnastics look you've taken it to the next level wow well i've I've taken it to the funny level (laughs) oh man i like it that's great so quick brilliant now um there was a few comments um during the week on our uh, on pingskills.com and on our YouTube channel, Alloys. And one in particular on YouTube caught my eye mm-hmm. from Purple Hacker. Because, you know, we're always talking about the strange names for strokes. We're just yeah. out of the blue. It wasn't even on a particular video. But Purple Hacker said, hey, Jeff, do you know that bananas are berries but strawberries aren't? <sighs> That's amazing, huh? That, that should almost be on the OMG facts section of the uh, Should that. Yes. It just, and, just resonated straight away with me. Like, what a great comment. Well, yeah. Well, you like those OMG facts. So <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. So, so banana, what? Bananas are berries, but strawberries aren't? That's what Purple Hacker told me. And then I, I said, I did not know that. Thanks for letting me know. I'm going to put this on the Ask the Coach show. And then he came back and said, blackberries and raspberries are also not berries, apparently. Wow. Even though it's in the name. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's quite amazing, really. Do um, we need to fact check this or are we just going with Purple Hacker knows what he's talking I, about? Uh, Purple Hacker knows what he's talking about. Sure. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely yeah. amazing. It, it is amazing. There you go. The things you learn when you listen to the Ping Skills Ask the Coach podcasts. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Now... I know, I know people also really like the On This Week segment, but I'm going to just hold that back, Alois, oh, because right. I want to talk about world table tennis. It's, oh, it's yes. talking about it. Yes, it has been interesting, hasn't it? The mm. um, world table tennis, uh, yeah, the tour kicked off and uh, they, had, um, they had the event in Macau. Um, did you have have a look at any of it, Jeff? Did, what any thoughts? Um, well, there's oh, so many changes, um, yeah. 
And I, I guess why not? Like you're coming back from a big break, uh, mix it up, but look very professional and, you know, um, very entertaining. Um, what did you think, Alloys, of the, the – well, first let's start with the camera angles. A lot of talk about the camera angles. Yes, I think that was the, the biggest talk, talking point. Yeah, so they've got the uh, the main camera set up side onto the table, so you're watching it from the side. A um, lot of flack about that, I'll tell you, on the, on the chat. But, um, <laughs> but you know what, I don't – it's not terrible. I don't hate it. Um, I think it's a good change-up angle, to, uh, especially to see the speed um, of the ball. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's probably it is the best angle to film the whole thing from or to watch the whole thing from, um, you know, because you, it's hard to actually watch because you, you're sort of trying to track the ball left and right, whereas that camera angle they have when it's behind uh, the table, uh, you basically got the one plane of vision. Um, so you can just watch the, the ball a lot easier. But one plane of vision. Yeah. Wow. Is, is that even a thing? Um, it is, yeah. It's, yeah, very yeah. well explained. Yeah, but I think the, um, yeah, that side-on angle, you know, it, there's something really clean about it. There's something really, um, uh, it, it, just, it just appeals to my uh, um, sense of order, I suppose. Um, yeah, sense know. of order, nice. Now, because, yeah, from side-on, um, a couple of things I noticed was you can see the length of the ball a bit easier. So when they serve it long, you can see that it drops long and they can attack it. So that's good. The yeah. other thing was a lot of people, if you're actually in a stadium, you are just watching from side on depending on where you're sitting anyway. So it's a bit more like that. But the thing that I really did notice was they would show a point from side on and then if it was a good point, they would replay it from behind yeah. And I just felt like when you did that, you saw the two points, one after the other, and from behind, it was just easier to see what was happening most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think um, I think th- th- you know having the two camera angles is good. I would go main main shot from behind and then do you know do replays and and cut cut ins and things from the side perhaps. But um, yeah, I think that's the way to go too. And then I saw um, they also had a camera from directly above the table, and I, I don't really like that angle. But you know maybe like once a game or something you could show it from that just for just for a change up. Yeah, I I, I, I like that different perspective because it's something you don't see. You know you can go to every every table tennis tournament you want and you you're never going to see that angle unless you're sitting yeah. on the but, <laughs> yeah, unless you're doing roof maintenance. <laughs> at the time of the next uh, World Championships or something, that's right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I like the different angles, you know, and for me, I think overall, why not have a try, have a go at just changing some of these things up. Let's see what people like. Let's see what... Let's see what the general public like. You know, that's they're the ones that we want to try and attract um, to watching the sport as yeah. well. So, yeah. But um, but the other the other point with that world world table tennis the WTT event was the 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 format and now that whew, I, I'm I'm still studying it. I've been uh, I've, I've, <laughs> I think I'm. Um, into my uh, fifth week, and uh, I should be getting my degree shortly. 
um, on uh, how to work out the uh, the draw. But and I think and I think it's probably too complex and I think there's too many things. Perhaps they're just trying a whole lot of different ideas uh, to start off with and then hopefully it'll just settle down a bit. But initially they have um, like these battles where they play best of five games up to five. Um, you know, That's with, pretty short, isn't it? Yeah, and at four all, it's um, it's uh, sudden death point. Um, yeah, it's really, really short. So they have a top four seed battle. So the top four seeds play off in a, like a semi-final um, and a final and a you know placing for third and fourth, and that decides the order of the top four seeds. So in this one, Xu Jin um, ended up number one, Ma Long two. Lin Ga Yuan three and Hugo Calderano ended up fourth um, in the in those battles and then then they've got a, a battle one with the um, the non seeded players and that's a knockout as well so um, that's yeah. a knockout <laughs> yep that's a knockout and a very and is it short as well I believe so I haven't got to the yes it looks like it was yeah three one three one three two three one yeah, yeah. Mm. whether they were best of uh, sorry up to five points I'd have to uh, yeah have to see um, I'll probably be able to find that in the yep. next year or two yeah um, but then anyway but then the battle two was the other seeds yeah right? so the, yeah that's right so then it's seeds five to eight playing against those people the non-seeded player winners that battled out in battle one and then um so then the winners of the battle two then go into the elimination against the top four seeds but uh, the interesting thing here is that seeds one to four will select their opponents from the battle two winners yeah that was that was interesting and you know the number one seed Xu Xin had had first right to choose chose Mateus Falk and then ended up losing to him in the quarterfinals. So, <laughs> so it's sort of, it's sort of, um, I don't know. You got to swallow your pride a bit, don't you? You know, like you. Well, I think I'm going to choose you because I think you're the easiest target, and then you lose <laughs> to him. Um, yeah. So um, it's a big win for Matthias Falk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really big win. I yeah. mean, firstly, uh, Zhu Zin obviously in good form because he finished beat everyone in the. The top seed battle, yeah, but good form. I mean, he that was, remember that was games up to five. You know, best of five games up to five to to get that position. So you know, True. he beat Calderano three two in the first one, and then beat Marlong three two in the in the second one. You know, best yep. of five up to five. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't put too much credence on that. Yep, and then so then so that that round that first round where Zuzin did play Matthias Falk was um, best of five. Yep, and then the semi-finals best of seven, and the final best of nine. And yeah, they're... see, they because because there's not enough points in a best of seven, so they had to extend it to best of nine. Here's an idea: go back to best of five up to twenty-one people. <laughs> Gee whiz. <laughs> Maybe WTT, maybe WTT two might go back to that. What do you think? One, one day, one day someone's going to come up with a brilliant idea to play up games up to twenty one. What do you? Is that what you think? Tennis will be restored to its full glory. <laughs> you know, and and just thinking about all of this and the you know the the changes and stuff, and I sit there thinking, oh, you know, I don't like that. You know, is, is it just a 
I'm getting too old and, you know, I'm I'm just liking what I was used to, you know, like people that still like games up to 21, for example. Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, but probably, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, but it, it, I mean, one of the other exciting parts was obviously the prize money involved. You know, Ma Long walks away with 72000 US dollars. Um, you yep. know, Wang Chu Chin, who ended up uh, second in the event, uh, ended up with 50000 So they they get, like, starting money and then they earn the round prize money as well. So I think, you know, depends where you finish in the seeds and then, you know, probably the rest of it. I'm not sure exactly how they decide all that. But, yeah, that's... Um, yeah. No, so, yeah, interesting. You know, I mean, I don't mind them trying it. I think it's good because, you know, maybe they'll stumble on something that people go, wow, this is really good. Um but I don't think that it's that there's a problem with the format or the yeah the way the draws are done. Yeah. Like if you look at um, in tennis, Wimbledon been the same for hundreds of years. They always get huge crowds. They always get good TV audiences. Um, I think it's more about the promotion of the sport and the. Um, yeah, I, I think I don't think there's anything. I think table tennis is fine as it is, and just needs a bit more promotion, which I think they're doing well. So I think all that, you know, the way they're presenting it now is really good, and you know, putting those different camera angles is good, and I'm sure they'll settle on one that's great. But I don't think you have to play around with the actual format of the tournaments or the, um, yeah, getting people to choose their thing. It seems a bit more novelty, and I think that's kind of short-lived. Whereas, you know, having a history of, of you know, world champions and um, is, is more important. Does that make any sense or am I just rambling? No, I think, I think, I think, I think you've got some good points there, Jeff. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that, because the sport itself, I think, is good, you know, like the yeah. integral part of it is, is, is what people love. Um, and whenever you hear on the Olympics, whenever it's shown on the Olympics, it's one of the most top-rated sports. Um, yeah, so I just think – I think they're on the right track with, like, definitely creating a world table tennis and the circuit and stuff and being able to promote more events more regularly. Because, like, a world championship's every two years, like a single championship's not enough. I think I like having, yeah, more where they're going to have four really big events every year like the tennis. I like those ideas. I think, I think some changes are good. But the format and stuff, I think it's – was fine as it was. I just, I know I say up to twenty one, and it, I do think it is better. <laughs> you got to work hard, but even up to eleven, how they had it, that's fine. Just stick with it, and and yeah. Anyway, <laughs> good. All right, we've had our say, and we uh, have. We'd love to hear what you think about the world table tennis um, events and uh, any any other marketing ideas that uh, that you might have. Definitely. But yeah, I'm excited though. I think I think they're on the right track. I'll definitely like. I prefer them to be trying something and doing more events than like just leaving it in the wilderness, not getting promoted enough. So yeah, yeah. prefer them to do something than nothing. Yeah. So good and, you job. Know and we haven't even talked about the winner. The winner of the, the event was Ma Long. <laughs> of course. Who else was it going to be? Doesn't he win everything? Well, but he, he only, you know, he lost it to Xu Xin in the battles, and then, uh, and then he beat uh, Jung Young Sik Sik uh, three two in and the. 
this is the problem with making everything so short. Like, if you have the battles only up to five, it's, you may as well flip a coin. Yeah, that's right. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. All right, good chat. Yeah, good chat. Good work. All right. Now, Alloys, I think it's time for On This Week. In This Week, I need a better name for the segment. For the most popular segment of the show. <laughs> yes, exactly. All uh, right, hit us. What is happening on this week? On this week, yeah. You know, we talked last uh, show about a lack of um, a lack of finding, you know, top players that are born at this time of year. I still still had to trawl a bit, and um, I came up with um, um, Karakasovic. Uh, Karakasovic, what a good name! Yeah, yeah, and he's such. I, I, lo- I love watching him play. Left-hander, um, just so dynamic and creative, and a bit bit crazy too on the court. I'd have to say, um, <laughs> you know, just uh, yeah, just plays plays the shots possibly a little bit too big sometimes. But you know, having said that, um, he uh, yeah, so he played um, he played uh, European Championships, won four mixed doubles events. In- wow. Four mixed doubles with gold medals. Yeah, as I said, left-hander, you know, creative left-hander um, are often good in that sort of uh, situation um, to be able to play, uh, to be able to win mixed doubles. Definitely. And, um, and then, but he also got a bronze bronze medal in 2011 in the European uh, Singles Championships and bronze medal in the doubles. So, yeah, reached some, reached some pretty good heights. Um, his best on the world tour um Grand Finals was uh, some uh, bronze medals in doubles again, you know. So yeah, really, really strong um, doubles player. Um, his birthday is in a few days' time, and he would be forty-four years of age, born in. Oh, sorry, forty-five years of age, born in nineteen seventy-five. So um, yeah, he's getting on, but uh, but yeah. What do you mean? He's just a young chap. He's he's slightly younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> getting on come on yeah getting old mate um <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah but yeah, very very exciting player if you haven't seen him play um just jump on and have a look at uh alexander karakasovic nice good pronunciation uh well probably not but yeah <laughs> um and last week in the podcast allies we were talking about um adam bobro and his unique style yeah and I don't know why, but it just popped into my head, and most people are not going to know about this, but when I was younger and when I first came to Victoria, I came against up against some guy, I think from Bendigo, his name, Peter Sheedy. And, yes. man, you know, we said, you know how we said, you know, Adam Bobro's style, you know, not going to win many games. And, but that's probably at that top level because Peter Sheedy, I just remember playing against him, and he was so hard to beat. And he would just kind of serve the ball long and go back and literally just lob. <laughs> or he might throw in some chops uh, or something like that every now and again. But also, he would trash talk me. He would like he'd put up this big lob, and I'd miss the smash. He goes, that's far too good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and he did do the wiggly or wobbly a fair bit too. He used oh, to. all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, you know, when we say, you know, that style's not going to win, like, against a certain level of player, like, when I was just that level, really difficult to beat. Yes, indeed. And I, I, my my other memory of Peter Sheedy is uh, that um, I played in a public service competition. So with the, I think it was the National Public Service Championships and, um, and, a little bit of drinking used to happen at lunch times, and uh, <laughs> I, remember, I remember someone saying uh, that uh, that uh, Sheedy's always tricky straight after lunch. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because because of all the that he used to play. There you go, Peter Sheedy. Very good. Yeah. So you know, if you come and get up again, even though we said you know they're not going to win at the very highest level, if you come against someone, don't feel bad if you lose to someone like that. Yeah, that's right. Very and, talented in, yeah. in their own way. Yeah. And the other um, thing, I suppose, just going back to some shows back, we were talking about the rubber colours. and yes. uh, New rubber colours. And so um, so the ITTF have approved um, green, blue, violet and purpley pink as the uh, approved rubber colours. So you're allowed to have that on one side and then you have to have black on the other side. Ooh. So, and the blue is obviously very different from the black, is it? That sounds close-ish. Yeah, I know. I remember when they first changed colours and they said you just have to have two colours. People used to have this really dark blue and a black. Um, and still used to, you know, change between anti-spin and, and normal rubber. And, yeah, so, yeah. That, but I guess they, they've got – they must have some uh, uh, rubber colour palette information. Yes. What, RGB, is it? No, I don't know. Red, green, blue. Yeah, that's it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably do. Yeah. So there you go. So, peoples, the, the, the best advice I have for you is don't get caught up with changing between green and blue and violet and purpley pink. Just choose <laughs> one, stick to it. But, but, but what, if, what if my shirt colour doesn't match my rubber colour? <laughs> Don't I need like two bats in case I'm wearing a different colour shirt and then I can switch so I so I look good with Yeah, forehand'll still be no good, Jeff. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Man, brutal honesty, that hurts. Um, okay. All right. Well, moving on. What is your tip of the week? Is that uh, what we call it? I don't know. Um yeah, tip of the week. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good. Yeah, to, yeah, this week it is, it is a bit of a tip of the week. It's just sort of a bit of a discussion point, really, isn't it? Usually, um, but the tip of the week this week is just make sure that you develop both sides of your game, both your forehand and your backhand. Mm. So I think you know the game is developing so much now, and especially if you if you're looking to to try to really improve and to get to a higher level, um, it's really difficult to to reach a higher level if you haven't got a decent sort of um, ability on both sides, on your forehand and backhand. Um, so, um, and, and that's something that I think you should develop from a really early um, stage of your learning. Um, you know, don't just develop one side. Um, think about trying to make both sides, if they're not equal, you know, at least, um, you know, within range of each other. Um, so at least 80%, you know, on your weaker side type of thing. Um, yeah, because it can be an easy trap to fall into, can't it? Because 
Like, and it's not always one or the other, is it? Some people like really like the backhand, maybe yeah. because you can see right in front of it, and then some people really like the forehand. Yeah. Um, but once you do like one, you tend to go, oh, well, I don't want to lose a point, so I'm going to cover much more of the table with that side. Um, so yeah. it's an easy trap to fall into. Yeah, that's right. And um, and and you know, the more you you fall into it, you know, then the bigger percentage of the table you try to cover with that one side, and then you there, you know, there comes a point where you have to expose the the corners um, by doing that. So uh, yeah, I think it's really important that you know you've got something solid on both sides to to start off with, and then. Yeah. Uh, and that this is important for any sort of um, age or level of player, isn't it? Because, like, if you're younger, you might think, oh, I can cover all the table with my footwork, but but you can't really. And then when you get, I think you called me older or something. Did you call me older? I don't know. Uh, just old. And getting on. When, when you get on also, you're not going to be able to just cover that wide range. And, you know, table tennis is a sport for life. So develop it early. That's a good tip. Okay, good. Excellent. Good tip of the week, huh? I like it. <laughs> Very good. All right. Now, I think it is time to move on to really what this show is about. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Is it? Um, is it really about the table tennis? How to hit the ball with power is a question from Vic. And Vic's a penhold player and just can't seem to hit the ball hard enough. So... Have you got any tips for Vic? Yeah, Vic. So um, the first thing is uh, thinking about your basic strokes. So make sure that you've got your basic strokes um, uh, correct. And then to develop power, it's about starting to utilise more parts of your body. So, you know, to generate more power, you then start to use your legs more, your, your waist for rotation more. Uh, your arm starts to move through a little bit faster. You start to use your wrist um, uh, uh, more as well. And all of those, that those summation of forces then um, lead to a more powerful stroke. So, And you've got some good terms today. I love that one too. Summation of forces. Summation of forces. Look at me. I've been um, eating dictionaries. I know, but it does. It encapsulates everything, isn't it? It's like you got to put everything together. Like you said, the legs, the weights, just and summarize it up in just three words. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. so that's that's it. That's it. Big summation of forces. Um, <laughs> but, um, the other thing, so uh, being a pen holder, um, you again, you can do this um, on both sides, both forehand and backhand, and the principles are, are the same as if you're a shake hander or a pen holder. Um, it's still about using all of those parts of your body to to generate that extra power. Awesome. Yeah. So we've got um, we've got tutorials on the advanced forehand topspin and the advanced backhand topspin. I think those two are probably a good place to start for you to um, to get the idea of what we're talking about as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Now. Uh, I think that's great, but is there anything um, relating to equipment that could help here as well, or you think it's better just to make sure you got the the strokes right? Yeah, um, yeah. The the equipment will help a bit as well. I mean, so if you're if you're starting to improve and your sorry, if you're 
doing all of those things right that we talked about, you know, you're utilizing your body well and et cetera, et cetera, and you're still getting a lot of balls on the table. It's almost too consistent. You know, then then you can start to think about increasing the speed of your racket, you know, so um, either increasing the, the speed of the blade or the speed of the rubber um, to to just help you that little bit as well. Yeah, cool. But I like what you said there. It's like it's it's if you're almost too consistent. So you, you don't want to go there too early, otherwise you risk becoming even more inconsistent. Yeah, that's right. And then you then you're going to start to compromise the your stroke and technique uh, to try and get the ball on the table and yeah, it's all gonna go awry. So excellent. All right. Thank you for the question, Vic, and hopefully those tips help you out. All right, next up is a question from Ryan who wants to know about whether it's possible to attack a low backspin serve which is over the table. So it's going to bounce twice on the table. Is this possible, Alois? Yeah, it certainly is. So um, the the flick is the stroke that you're that you're looking for. Now, when there is backspin, it it's, it does become more difficult. Um, so it depends on the level of backspin on the ball. If there's a little bit of backspin, you can basically do a, a, a straight flick with both the forehand and the backhand. You'll need to open open up the angle of your racket a bit, um, as in turn it back so that um, you're facing more towards the net or up towards the roof a bit more um, to to play the to play the flick and to counteract the backspin on the ball. But then the other option is the the backhand side spin flick or the banana flick, which isn't mm. which is a um, berry. Um, <laughs> doing the backhand side spin flick, um, because you're coming around the side of the ball a bit, the backspin doesn't have as much um, effect on um, on the rubber, so it doesn't really dive down. So, so yeah, have, take a look at um, our tutorial on the backhand side spin flick. Um, certainly one that you can start to utilize uh, to try to attack those short backspin serves. But you could also, you know, just experiment a bit with the angle of your racket on an, uh, with a normal backhand or forehand flick as well. Yeah, yeah. And that backhand side-spin flick at that top level has become such a critical stroke. Like players use it so often um, to return those types of serves. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing also here is that um, just a nice short push back is actually a very effective stroke, and the top players do use that as well. Yeah, that, yeah, very good point. Um, and I think it's something that's underutilized, especially by you know um, the sort of intermediate type level players. Mm. The, the intermediate players sort of feel like, oh, I've got to attack it and I've got to make uh, make a strong shot. That short push can be really effective. Uh, because it then allows or, or sorry sets up the next ball so the next ball is going to come softer and sh- and um, and easier to you for you to attack as well yeah definitely definitely so yeah great question Ryan but yeah don't forget short push as well but yeah definitely work on practice that backhand side's been flick I mean what a great shot if you can master that too all right. Um, next up is a question from Jasper. He says, normally when winning the toss, I heard the player would normally choose to receive first, but why? 
Yeah, I don't think it's. It, I don't think it's. It's a normal thing. Um, yeah, I, I think most people choose. From my experience, choose to serve first. Yeah, I mean the only thing is now with the games up to eleven, um, or even before, um, the the first receiver would be serving at nine all, I believe. Jeff, you could work that out for me. Oh um, wow! Okay. Yeah, um, I think uh, yeah that might be something that um, that is in people's minds when they when they choose to receive. But I mean, in general, you but know, then, but you know, also, but then you'd be the person to serve first. Then would be serving at ten all. Yeah, true. And yeah. if you get your nose ahead, then yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. So who's an advantage? You're more likely to be ahead at that point anyway. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah I, yeah, I don't know that a lot of people do that anyway, but, um, yeah, that might be a reason they do. We need to get some statistics out and see um, what effect serving first has on winning games. We do, don't we? Yes. I can't see it being a big factor, to be honest, compared with – you know, other things like skill level. Yeah, that's right. That's probably more the point, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, does it really matter? And then, yeah, and I guess the other thing was if you if you win the toss, rather than choosing whether to serve first, you can choose the end? Yes, that's right. You can you can choose the end and then the your opponent then has the choice of whether they serve or receive. Yeah, so you could choose the end and then your opponent could say, hey, you can serve first. That's right. Mm, or receive first. Interesting. So what did you always do if you won the toss, Alice? Uh, serve. Always yeah. Serve. yeah. I didn't even think about it. I was just always, oh, well, I'll serve. Yeah. But well, don't don't forget in my day it was uh, five serves. Um, so, so that was a real difference, I guess. You know, you're serving the first five points. Uh, rather than receiving the first five points. See, it was just better back then, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) All right. And uh, next question. Yes. Again from Jasper. He says, my friend says that he can do backhand smashes, but when I play him, he pretty much misses every backhand smash. And I keep telling him, you know, the backhand smash is not reliable, but he keeps on trying them. What should I say to him, Jasper says? Yeah, so Jasper, this is the old principle. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So, you know, until until a player is ready to to learn, then it it's hard to it's hard to actually um, help them, you know. So I think the, the most important thing is, you know, just let let point, point it out to him, let him see that, um, that that's what's happening, and then he might start to, you know, if he starts to miss a few and realizes it for himself, then he might make the change. But don't, um, you know, don't uh, stress yourself about it. Um, yeah, if he if he wants to change, he'll change. If he doesn't, then um, you're better off. Uh, Pointing your energies in, in other areas. There you go. That's very zen-like, isn't it? <laughs> uh, very, very good advice. Um, 
what's that saying about you know uh, control what it's going to come to me in a second this is this is because i'm getting on that it takes me a while to um think about these quotes control the controllables control the controllables see you've you've just said it succinctly again i like that i had like a much bigger sort of thing that would say the same thing yeah yeah that's great um (laughs) Is it, is it um it's a famous one by some guy about you know give me the courage to change what I can but ignore yes. what I can't not ignore what I can't but is this yeah. ringing a bell yes absolutely I I, I can't quote it exactly but yes I know, <laughs> I know okay well. very good all right well that takes us on to OMG facts all right okay now first one Cleopatra made her lipstick from crushed beetles, which gave it a red pigment, and ants, which she used for the base. Oh, no. Yuck. Yeah. That would be smelly. <laughs> Probably. And gave it a red pigment. Fact. Yeah. <clears throat> Mark Anthony wouldn't want to kiss her, surely. <laughs> Don't know. Um, surely. Um... In 75% of American households, the women manage the money and pay the bills. Ah. Fact. There you go. (laughs) All right. Here's an interesting one. Yep. If you were able to put Saturn in water, it would float. Ah, because it's gaseous. I, I don't know. I don't know why. How do you? How, how do they know that stuff? That's amazing. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Now, here's one. Um, relevant to me because I've recently become a teacher. Um, a retired California high school teacher admitted that he taught for 17 years while being illiterate. Wow. <laughs> that's that's incredible. It is, isn't it? These are great. We we could do we could just do a whole show of OMG facts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Ping Skills OMG facts show. Yes, and that would almost be as good as the Ping Skills jokes show. We could just do a, a whole show of my jokes. Move on, Jeff. <laughs> the the average American eats about two hundred sandwiches per year. Two hundred. Yes, like and. One every- to, yeah, yeah. You don't eat sandwiches? Oh, not that. No, not that much. No. Yeah. I eat them a bit because I make them for my kids for their school lunch, and then just make myself one as well. Yeah. My when I was a kid, my sandwiches used to end up, you know, in my desk and mouldy and stuff. <laughs> and mouldy. Mouldy. <laughs> Great. You. Yeah, what about fruit? Did you ever leave fruit in the bottom of your bag for like months and then? Always. Always. And then you know you got all your school books in there and everything else, and it's just mush. it doesn't matter. There's mouldy fruit in there, and then at the end of the year you clean it out, and it's just this yeah, mouldy fruit. Yeah, yeah, been there, never um, the week. Yeah. Now this is not going to mean much to you because you don't remember any movie you've ever watched, but sales of Shawarma skyrocketed soon after the release of Marvel's The Avengers. You're absolutely right, Jeff. <laughs> it's nothing to me. And 
Here's one for um, all the Aussies out that, there. Is that is that is that like even an OMG or like is anyone out there saying, "Oh my goodness"? <laughs> True. Yeah, you think? Yeah, maybe this that should have been a different category or a different calendar rather than the OMG facts. That should have been the just facts. <laughs> um, Tasmania has the cleanest air in the inhabited world. Wow. That is in Australia. Really? There you go. Yep. Tasmania in Australia. Absolutely. Um, so there you go. Um, OMG facts. No, yeah, yeah, good, good. Not, not not nothing startling. I think I think you you sort of, you know, did your dash with the bananas and berries <laughs> thing early on. <laughs> now, um, you know how you said I was getting on? Yes, Jeff. It's kind of true because I, I know that you sometimes fall asleep while you're watching TV. No, not sometimes. Always. <laughs> and it started happening to me. <laughs> I've been watching like um, Better Call Saul with with my son. Um, and we've been watching some episodes and I've been just getting like really tired and just uh, starting to fall asleep. And then the other day, like it's like, it's like a 45 minute show, like 10 minutes in, I just fell asleep. And at the end, I'm just like, sorry, Josh, what happened? I didn't see any of that. <laughs> uh, there you go. See, that's what happens. Yes. But I've been doing it for the last 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, well, that's a wrap. That's the show. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you visit pingskills.com. And, of course, thank you, Alloys. Thanks, Jeff, and I, and I reckon everyone would have stayed awake during this one. Oh, for sure. Who wouldn't have? <laughs> Especially if you're driving. I hope you stayed awake. <laughs> oh, Thanks. See you next time. Bye.